0: its Innovation Station initiative, the Secretary's Office of Global Women's Issues at the U.S. Department of State is amplifying women and girls developing solutions to global challenges and helping them connect with new communities that could benefit from their work. Today, you'll meet a few of those innovators as they explain their game-changing, translatable initiatives in their own words. Welcome to SGWE's Innovation Station. In a world centered on the fast-paced production and consumption of goods, recycling is a central component of waste management. Globally, we throw away 3.5 million tons of garbage every day. In 2018, product packaging alone accounted for almost a third of all municipal solid waste in the United States. Now, recycling has the potential to divert large amounts of waste from landfills and prevent the extraction of new raw materials that will only add to the volume. Effective recycling programs, however, require a great deal of centralized organization. At the individual and community level, recycling also requires education to ensure that all items placed in recycling bins meet the standards to be recycled. In 2018, only around half of the packages used for everyday products in the United States were recycled by consumers, and only a small percentage of these materials end up meeting recycling standards. But when done well, the waste reduction achieved via recycling benefits everyone, including marginalized communities located in the vicinity of waste incinerators, as well as women who, as the performers of most domestic work, are exposed to larger quantities of plastics and their byproducts. Locations ranging from California to South Korea, from Germany to Singapore, have much to teach their global neighbors, demonstrating that recycling programs can provide exciting environmental, social, and economic opportunities. Now, in this conversation, we will hear from two young women who are working at the forefront of Really innovation in recycling, using both programmatic and monitoring strategies. Our speakers for this session will be Fatima Ozzelzela, founder of EcoStar Recycling, and Karina Chan-Vanderhelm, the creator of Conscious Consumers. Now, unfortunately, Fatima is unable to join us live today due to some personal matters, but she was kind enough to send us a video overviewing her work and answering the questions that I was, you know, hoping to be able to ask her during this discussion. So what we're going to do today for this final session is we are going to start ultimately by viewing that video, and then we'll spend the rest of our time in one-on-one conversation with Karina. All right, here we go.
1: Hello, and thank you so much for giving me this great chance and opportunity to be here among you. And um, on behalf of my team and I, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Fatwa Zizera, and I'm the founder <clears throat> of EcoStar Recycling Initiative based in Kuwait. And uh, at the beginning, I would like to um, introduce EcoStar and tell you a brief about the project. So basically, EcoStar is, as I mentioned, um, a recycling initiative and it basically focuses on facing several environmental challenges that we face here in Kuwait regarding waste management, lack of data, and not having enough green area around the country. So about the first point, um, waste management is not really a thing, so 90% of Kuwait waste gets. To landfills, and we have in Kuwait, which is a very small country, um, 18 landfills, and 14 of them are already closed. And that's a huge number. Uh, 3% of Kuwait's area is about waste, and that's also a high percentage. And in Kuwaiti produces a lot of waste daily. And that's about plastic, paper, carton. Um, metals, cans all type of um, waste and environmental data are not really available and if you want to have like a research or to look something up you cannot actually find that because we don't really have that much of data encouraging planting in Kuwait especially trees is not well encouraged and we don't really have huge land we don't really have huge lands of green areas around the residential area especially and that's very important for the people's health because as you know planting trees especially um, they play as a natural filter and it's supposed to be well encouraged at least more than it is here in kuwait so this problem has inspired me to take an action toward these challenges, and this is why I have initiated EcoStar. Now, now the way that EcoStar works is basically when I have initiated EcoStar in around um, 2019. Before that, I have studied Kuwait situation. I have read all the available data, whether they whether they were online. I have talked to many people, uh, many experts, and I have understood the situation that we work on, and the the actual environmental challenges that we are facing. In addition to that, um, we have some recycling plants. They're probably not they're not the most efficient ones, but they do exist, and they probably are not a lot as well but some of them some of them actually recycle um so many type of materials especially if it was different type of paper uh, metals and some type of plastic and the rest of it most the recyclables here in kuwait get shipped to other countries as well so the, the first part that i did is having meetings with those recycling plants and I have agreed with them that we are going to have them recycling uh, recyclables and those recyclables are going to come from different sources whether they were going to be um, schools, houses, restaurants, companies, some ministries in Kuwait and some buildings as well. and. The second part is educating people, and this this part was a bit challenging, especially that the concept of recycling is not very um, well known in the communities here in Kuwait. So um, I have established or opened an Instagram account, which is the most popular platform in the country, and I have taught them how to separate waste and how to sort them, how to hand them to us in a good clean way so they can get recycled. In addition to that, we used to take data and every time we go and pick up recyclables, we weigh those recyclables. We know this house produces that much of um, plastic, that much of paper and that much of metal every week. As a reward for you, an ecostar who gives us recyclables every week, we reward you with plants. So every time we take um, some recyclables from you, we reward you with plants. So it's like um, waste in exchange of trees. And those trees are provided to us by an agriculture contracting company called uh, Mesila, And uh, they provided us with these plants uh, for free as a CSR. And that was very encouraging, not just for me, but also to all the ecostars in Kuwait. Okay, as a final tip here is that, um, about recycling in general, is that recycling is not the ultimate solution. We're probably gonna have different types of solutions, especially with uh, materials that are very hard to recycle. Um, the, The main thing we can do is to reuse and adopt reusing more than recycling and you have to you have to minimize your consumption to material that you do not actually need and try to ban using single uh, single use products around your house or in your daily life as well do not use the type of products they are only used for a few seconds and they're gonna last for almost forever without decomposing or vanishing or and some of them are very hard to recycle as well one thing people have to know that 90% of the world waste don't get recycled even the types that are actually recyclable they don't really get recycled so just putting your recyclables in the recycling bin does not mean that you are going to actually save the environment but you can actually minimize your consumption and control the amount of waste that you actually produce to the world now i have several questions here and uh, uh, i'm going to answer some of them is and one of them is um, why waste for trees model uh, was very encouraging and the the basic thing is that it's it's something related to the environment it was very um, um, different yeah I I don't think that someone uh, has ever done it before and we have covered after after actually um announcing that we're going to give um uh, trees in exchange for uh, recyclables we have covered we have covered more than 2000 pickups in a very short period of time and that was a great achievement i have never thought that uh, I might actually reach to these type of numbers we have Uh, We have saved tons of plastic metals and paper from going to the landfills and instead going to the recycling plants And I am very proud of that the second thing is uh, our partnership with local tree nurseries and Which which is uh, the source of plants? How does this partnership benefit the nursery? now um, usually any nursery or any farm that produces a lot of um, or huge amounts of trees, they have um, some amount of those plants that they have produced. Uh, They're just like, if they leave them for a very, for a longer time, uh, their season might end and uh, they need to be planted immediately after produced. If they don't get uh, planted in the, in 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 a certain amount of time, they just have to get rid of it? So instead of that, we, they have donated these trees and plants to us, and we have rewarded Ecustar uh, with them, and they get uh, they get a great marketing as well. They are actually helping the environment and supporting an environmental initiative, and they are getting their name around almost the whole country. So that was. Uh, that was a great partnership and actually without them, maybe ECOSTA wouldn't be the same because the concept of uh, waste in uh, exchange for trees is very uh, unique. Um, and the third question is how are you working with ministries in Kuwait? Um, uh, and how was the, the working with ministries around Kuwait? Well. Um, having some part of um, the the government uh, participating in this um, uh, project have given us some type of credibility so the government or the 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 government ministries some of them they have worked with us and they used to hand us recyclables as well and that actually uh, promoted our name in this field, which is why we got really um, invited in some environmental meetings, and uh, they it has given us a, a voice and a word in, in that community. And um, uh, uh, the fourth question here is: most participants in EcoStar they were women, and I'm so proud and happy to say that most are most our participants were a uh, woman and youth as well. Um, I would say that women are smarter environmentally at least they have more uh, control on the house as well so um, because well women are mothers and uh, they can teach their kids what recycling is and why is it important and they can enforce their rules in their houses. So teaching your kids that recycling is important and how to sort waste and so on, that's gonna pass it from a generation to another. So I'm very happy to have women uh, as the most participant. Youth are also important because, and that's not really surprised me by the way, because uh, I think that the next generations by default they're going to understand the importance of these uh, challenges that we are facing and not just recycling and waste management everything related to environment and including climate change which is a very important um uh, challenge that we are facing um so i am very optimistic i am very hopeful and i i think that the next generation are very capable of taking good and great actions towards saving the environment and the last question is about the challenges that i faced well raising awareness and dealing with the community is the hardest especially that this concept is not as i mentioned well known and uh, uh, convincing people that they have to take this action weekly they have to hand us recyclables weekly and they have to wait until their turn comes because we have a schedule that divided Kuwait into different areas that was the big challenge so I would say that raising awareness was the hardest part but also the most fun part so um, uh, I am very happy with everything that we are doing right now. I know that the world is facing so many environmental challenges, but I think that humans are capable of taking good actions in the future. Uh, I would like to thank you all again for giving me this great chance and uh, to talk to you as well, to meet you. if you have a question later on, if you have anything, you can always contact me via your email or even uh, to my WhatsApp number if you want to. Uh, so thank you and have a good day.
0: I'm really glad that we were all able to meet Fatima today, uh, despite the fact that she wasn't able to join us live, Um, and we thank her for for sending that video along. But now we're going to spend the rest of this session turning to our other esteemed panelists and guests and having a one-on-one conversation with her. Uh, Once again, this is Karina Chan-Vanderhelm, the creator of Conscious Consumers. Karina, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to share a little bit about this project that you developed here today. Um, would you mind introducing yourself and maybe telling us just a bit about the Conscious Consumers Project?
2: Yeah, uh, so my name is Karina Tan vanderhelm I am a junior in high school. Uh, I'm 16 years old. Uh, my passions include robotics, uh, rowing crew, and sometimes drawing um my project is called conscious consumers and the purpose is to reduce harmful packaging waste uh, by giving consumers the information they need to make sustainable purchasing decisions it does this by using an algorithm uh to that inputs complex data and it spits out a rating system out of five stars uh, because this is a, a thing that most people are familiar with um and this is in hopes that people will see this rating on packaging and know, okay, so this is really unnecessary and bad for the environment. So I will buy uh, this other brand instead that uses better packaging.
0: That's so exciting. And I'm really happy to be able to share even more with our audience here today. But before we go into more of the technical details, do you mind me asking what inspired you to start this work?
2: Yeah, so I have always been uh, bothered by excess packaging waste um, and the packaging that you see when you go to the store. Like you pick something up and it's, you know, in a box, in a box, in a plastic bag. Um, And it's always felt very unnecessary to me. Um, And even you buy something not realizing how much packaging it has, then you open it up and you see that everything is individually wrapped. But you didn't know that when you bought it. Um, and at my school, we are given an opportunity to start a passion project and work on that. And so, this is what I chose because I believe that this project can actually make a difference. And
0: I think you might be onto something here, to be frank. So, based on you know the work that you've done here and and your perspective writ large, how do you think that a widespread system that really rates the sustainability of packaging can you know, result in waste reduction overall or even increase the effectiveness of recycling?
2: So um, I know that there is a consumer drive to uh, purchase sustainably, um, but I believe that most people don't have access to the information or the knowledge uh, that they need to do that. So I think that giving people that information, making it easy to understand, taking complex information and turning it into something simple uh, makes it much easier for every person to do uh, their job uh, in reducing waste. That's awesome.
0: Okay, so let's get away from the theoretical and start diving into the work that you've actually done. So you explained that the Conscious Consumers Project is really based around this, this algorithm-informed rating system that tells us about the sustainability of packaging based on the number of stars that it spits out. So can you, since I'm assuming most people here aren't the most well-versed in algorithms, or even what goes into making packaging sustainable, can you tell us about some of the factors that you've incorporated into the current version of the algorithm to help you know, determine that sustainability rating?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so the big thing is the uh, weight of the product versus the weight of the packaging. So the ratio of how much packaging there is, to how much product there is, um, and then you break down uh, the packaging into the materials that it's made out of. So my algorithm currently um, has uh, compostable materials, cardboard, paperboard, tin, aluminum, glass, um, all the plastic types, uh, polyethylene coated paperboard um, and multilayer laminate. Uh, those are the, those are a uh, few of the uh, inputs of different types of packaging that goes into my algorithm. And what this does is it uh, determines uh, whether or not the packaging is good or bad for the environment uh, and puts that on a one, uh, 0 to 5 uh, star scale.
0: Okay, so excuse what might be a naive question, but, you know, I want to make sure that all of us are on the same page here. Can you tell us some general factors that make a specific packaging material more or less sustainable? So like what are the most sustainable types of packaging that are common today?
2: Um, so obviously nothing is perfect, but things like cardboard are a lot better than things like a uh, layer laminate. Um, and a good example of something that a consumer might buy and not realize that it Um, it's not that great for the environment or not perfect, is uh, aluminum, because while aluminum is recyclable, um, when it is recycled, there are a lot of byproducts um, of that waste management uh, that uh, go into its uh, sustainability rating.
0: That's really interesting. And something else that really interests me here is something that you talked about just a few minutes ago, which is this intersection with with education and how consumer education is so important in order to ensure that we're making the best decisions that we can as consumers and as a society uh, writ large. A part of this is making sure that consumers have the information they need to you know, make informed purchasing decisions. So can you talk a little bit about how the conscious consumers project really seeks to kind of link up consumer attitudes and the responses that companies actually have, uh, in the work that they do, especially when it comes to demand for more sustainable products?
2: Yeah. So obviously when, uh, a company's customers want something, uh, they have to change to uh, do that, right? So if, uh, you know, consumers want sustainability, which they do, um, but usually don't have the, like, access to the information and what they need to make those sustainable purchasing decisions, um, giving them this information using this rating will allow them to make that push and force industry to change their packaging uh, because that's what consumers want.
0: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. It, it's something that we said in a almost in a previous session, which is if you don't know, you know, in that case, it was if you don't know there's a problem, how do you solve it? In this case, you know, if you don't know what you're looking for, how do you demand it, I guess, um, which it seems like your, your project is... Uh, doing a good job of. <laughs> um, so let me, let me ask you this. How would you define the current stage of your prototype for conscious consumers? And what support are you now looking for to really further refine and then facilitate implementation of the conscious consumer system?
2: So currently, um, my project is just me so uh my algorithm right is one girl's opinion it obviously not because i mean it to, but it has inherent bias because all of the things that i'm assuming all of the research that i'm doing i'm putting that in the algorithm myself and i haven't had uh the like the access to the people who have like expertise in these areas so i'm 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 hoping to connect with people who have uh Expertise in areas such as consumers package, consumer packaged lab, uh, goods labeling, uh, waste management, uh, things like uh, data al- algorithm designs, just to make sure that the, thing, the math that I'm doing in my algorithm is correct, uh, to really make sure that, um, for my goals with this project, are to get some sort of government mandate to make sure that uh, the rating is uh, correct and a reflection of reality.
0: And, you know, once you get to that stage, um, I'd imagine that really the the sky would be the limit for the ways in which this could potentially be applied. Now, I know that your prototype is inspired by um, what is, I think, the fairly widespread ENERGY STAR rating system. Um, Can I start by asking you, um, how is your model similar to that and how is it different?
2: Um, So, obviously, my uh, model is different because it's talking about packaging waste, but the ways that they're similar is that Energy Star is um, trying to help consumers uh, by making sure that they're uh, buying what is good for them. And same thing with conscious consumers. Obviously, we all live on the earth, so protecting the environment, making sure that we're doing our part to reduce things that are harmful to it um, is important to each person. Um, One difference between the two is that energy was started um, a little bit higher up, whereas I'm starting from being a when I did create this project, a sophomore in high school um, who, you know, doesn't have isn't in the government, doesn't have access to uh, too many resources. So I'm hoping that I um, can connect with people who do and hopefully get some sort of government mandate that can uh enforce this
0: so would you say that that sort of widespread implementation and an eventual mandate would be your your eventual goal for this for this project?
2: Yes, it would but um I acknowledge that that is not an easy ask it's a it's a lot it's a process it's Uh, Something that I can't just assume will happen. So uh, I would, I'm looking to uh, connect with people who can help me implement this and who have the power to do so, because uh, yes, I have the idea, but um, this is going to need a lot of people to get it working.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to go off script for a second because I think I only really have one more prepared question for you. But I really can't help but wonder, you know, you are a high school student, as you've mentioned, and it's incredible what you've been able to create so far in this journey of yours. How, if at all, do you see this project and working on this topic that's clearly very important to you? How do you see that shaping uh, your next steps, whether it be the end of your high school journey or whatever comes next for you?
2: Um, Well, obviously, I think that it's awesome that I've gotten recognition um, in different ways uh, from, you know, this. This is an amazing opportunity, and I hope that uh, I can, you know, as I progress in life, use this project um, to really, like, expand my ability to be a functioning member of society and do my part as, you know, a human being. Um, and to make the difference that I can and, you know, do something, do something important.
0: Well, it's really inspiring and encouraging to hear you say that. It's amazing when we hear young people share that sort of sentiment, to be honest. Um, and as we begin wrapping up here today, I, I really have only one more question for you. Um, and that is, do you have any tips, advice, tricks, best practices, anything like that, whether from this project or, you know, you're clearly a very sustainability-minded person, um, either from this project or from your life or at large, that you would want to share with domestic or international audiences seeking to increase recycling or reduce waste in their own communities.
2: Yeah, so I think the most important thing, and this goes for anybody, is to do what you can. And I know that means different things for different Uh, people in different, you know, economic situations and all that, Um, but I think doing the research that you can, doing um, and encouraging others that you know, your friends, your family, to do that as well, Um, and kind of supporting each other through this is important. Doing things like uh, reusable water bottles, like this one, (laughs) Um, and just making sure that you're doing what you can Um, And you don't have to do the most, um, because obviously uh, what you can is different for each person, as I said before. Um, But when you have a choice, you should choose the sustainable option. You should choose what you know is better.
0: This podcast is derived from audio recordings of SGOE's Innovation Station Virtual Event Series. The views expressed in the preceding episode are those of the featured innovators and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Secretary's Office of Global Women's Issues, the U.S. Department of State, or the U.S. government. For more information on the Secretary's Office of Global Women's Issues, its initiatives and programs, please visit the State Department website at www.state.gov.